Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern, Spooky, and this week, Unidentified. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your currently cold Florida man, Tony. Yes, he's really an alligator. He's sort of going into a stupor. Yes. Torpor. (laughs) Now that you're back at the office after the holidays... We're so sorry. We'd like to invite you to our virtual water cooler or coffee pot for some spooky gossip. Which means find us on Facebook or Patreon. Hey, I have a virtual cappuccino machine if we were going to meet over there. We could do that. I can do some like virtual foam and some virtual milk and make a virtual like latte. This week, we bring to you a spooky little tale of a local legend. I say local, it's West Virginia. Local-ish. <laughs> the little town that experienced this odd event now celebrates it with an annual festival. Not Pascagoula, by the way. Uh, well, they do too. Yeah. Uh, it's what small southern towns do. Celebrate whatever it is that defines <laughs> your tiny, tiny village. <laughs> I have been to so many strawberry festivals. Yep. I have been to an olive festival, which I figured that would just be like Greek festival, but it really wasn't. I have seen one that they celebrate, um, what was it? It was uh, like a certain caterpillar. And in Arcola, Illinois, where I lived at one point, Arcola, population of about 110, is the birthplace of Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. So every year they had a Raggedy festival. Annabelle Palooza? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> and it was surrounded by Amish people. So seeing Amish people dressed up as Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, quite entertaining. I've never heard of Amish cosplay. Yes, and that's exactly what it was. Well, around here, I have performed back in the days when I was a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Our uh, puppetry theater performed at the Poultry Fest. <laughs> okay. And um, where I went to high school, we had the big old Irmo Okra Strut. Ooh. I hate okra. I don't mind it if it's pickled. Other than that, I can't eat it. They had a boiled okra eating contest. Ew, no, not boiled. No, pickled, not boiled. <laughs> Ugh. Nothing like <laughs> nothing like eating a damn hairy pepper. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so to this day, tourists come out of their way to Flatwoods, secluded in the low-timbered Appalachian hills of central West Virginia, Wow! to visit its museum, which I imagine is kind of small, and to buy tchotchkes, not a southern term, and t-shirts. So let me introduce Wait, to you... Wait, what is a tchotchke? Knick-knack. Just, I was about to say, for everybody who's listening who might not know what that is... It's a little tourist trap souvenir. Sort of like all the turtles and stuff your dad had. Yes. Um, cute little figurines. Circe, that's a word. Or, like the little thing that Yondu is playing with in Guardians of the Galaxy, if our nerds are listening. Exactly that. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Let me introduce you to the Flatwoods Monster, or the Braxton County Monster, a.k.a. Braxy, or even the Phantom of the Flatwoods. The Phantom of the Flatwoods is there inside your basement. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber is now going to sue us. Yes. At 7.15 on September 12th, 1952, Three boys had been playing in their schoolyard when they saw a bright object cross the sky and land, possibly crash, on the property of a local farmer. Okay. G. Bailey Fisher. Okay, okay, okay. It's a farmer named Fisher. Wow, that's kind of funny. Okay. Yes. 
anyone above the age of four should know the difference between a land and a crash. It's depend. It depends upon who you ask. Okay. Okay. Um, and how it was reported. I think the kids probably know what they saw, but it. it we'll explain this in a little okay. bit. It kind of got out of control at some well, point. Like, keep in mind, I know nothing about this. I did not know anything about this story until you said, "Hey, I'm writing the script." So <laughs> I'm very confused. So go ahead. Okay. It has been posited that it was a meteor, but okay. Here again, the boys are old enough to know this. It was flying low, it had a tail, and even hovered a bit at one point. And we all know that meteors are not known for, you know, indecisive, just hanging out there for Don't a worry, Hale-Bop's just stopping to say hello, it'll leave. <laughs> okay, the boys, Edward, 13, and Fred, 12, Eddie and Freddie, uh, May, that was their last name, went home with their friend Tommy Heyer, who was 10, to their mother where they told their story. Kathleen May was a beautician and had just gotten home. And after listening to this kind of chaotic story, because you can imagine three preteens all excitedly talking about whatever it is they saw. Shut up! One at a time! (laughs) She agreed to let the boys go investigate, but um, as a good mom, she firmly stated that she would be going too. Tales from the Crypt, the movie. When um, I don't remember the movie. I've seen every episode. Well, I, I, it may have been Creep Show. When uh, no, because it was Creep Show. Stephen King played oh God, the redneck. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> okay, like that. But we're gonna go in a totally different direction. <laughs> They're not going to turn into Swamp Thing. Kathleen May was accompanied by these boys, and on their way, they seem to have picked up a couple of other kids: Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver. They have very descriptive names. Wow, what a name. And West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Lemon, who was also 17. I didn't know you could be in the National Guard that Back young. Back in the 50s, yeah. You could join the military in at 16 in the in the, in the the 50s. Oh, and a neighborhood dog. Several um, sources mentioned a dog. Not a name, but there's a dog. Can you imagine that? You're a, a National Guardsman standing there, and all of a sudden the mom and the kids walk by, and you're like, hmm. Must be national security shit. (laughs) I'm going to have to deal with this. (laughs) So the group reaches the top of a hill where they saw a, quote, pulsing red light. Lemon aimed his flashlight in that direction and momentarily saw... What exactly? Okay. Descriptions are varying. Yeah. In an article for Fate magazine based on his tape-recorded interviews, UFO writer Gray Barker, not Gary, whom we will mention again in a little bit, so hold on, put a pin in that thought, he described the figure as approximately 10 feet tall, with round blood-red face, large pointed hood-like shape around the face, eye-like shapes which emitted greenish-orange light, I don't know how you combine that, those colors and a, it had a yellowish purplish <laughs> we'll just greenish. toss some colors out there <laughs> and a dark black or green body may described the figure which may i'm not sure there's three of them i think kathleen the figure is having small claw-like hands clothing like folds and a head that resembled the Ace of Spades. You can look it up on Google Images. Oh, I remember seeing pictures of this thing. Yeah, Lemon saw a tall, man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. So we're getting a little bit of consistency. A little bit. I think you get more consistency out of a bugger from Harry Potter. <laughs> the group reported, and I think they all agreed, that a pungent mist 
hung in the air and that caused some of them to feel ill. Their eyes stung and their lungs burned. They couldn't see what they were looking at clearly due to the mist and the darkness. Why are you laughing? I'm just imagining like this alien getting out of this 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 crashed spaceship and he's like, Whew! I need to stay away from the Chipotle, man. That was... That's rough. Oh, I crashed my ship after that one. <laughs> I wonder if they have space AAA on this planet. Man. It's I'm going to have to change stop. my pants after that one. Gross. <laughs> According to the story... Oh, God, this is not going to help. The towering figure made a hissing sound, squirted oil, and glided towards the group and got to about 15 feet away, whereupon Lemon screamed and dropped his flashlight. And they bravely ran away. Brave got off and ran away. No! Bravely ran away, away. I didn't! When danger reared its ugly head, he bravely turned his tail no! and Yet brave got off and turned about. I didn't! He chickened out, bravely taking I never did! Feet. He beat a very brave retreat. Oh, the brave I never! <laughs> they tried to collect themselves in the May's living room, but... They're still talking and gagging, and Mrs. May called the sheriff to report the incident and request medical help. While there's this this teenage chaos in her living room. And the alien sprayed them. Yeah. Oh, you guys made me eat. (laughs) (laughs) The local sheriff, Robert Carr, and a deputy who no one bothered to name, were already at another scene investigating reports of an aircraft that, oh, you're going to love this one, crashed or reportedly disappeared. I love when you can't quite decide what these various sources mean. A hitchhiker allegedly called in where he said he saw a little two-seater, but it caught fire and burned to the ground. And there was no sign of it after. (laughs) The authorities searched the site where the reported monster also was, but saw, heard, and smelled nothing. However, Sheriff Carr called in a. Lee Stewart, not Alien, you know, you thought yeah, I was going yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, Of the Braxton Democrat. That, I assume, is That's their a, It's definitely newspaper. a newspaper. Can you imagine being the cop there? You're like, well, I don't see any aliens. Smells like ass and patchouli out here. No, I don't see aliens. <laughs> Let's go call the journalist. <laughs> in a larger town, and, and I guess in more recent times, police might not exactly consult with a journalist on such cases, but then again, I don't know. This was common back then, and it's a small town where everyone knows everybody. Well, I mean, and also it's press. They pretty much, they have their, I guess, in, on a most serious serious note. Oh, we have those? They're, you're right. They're the people who have their ears to the ground, so they know a lot about what's going on. That's terrible posture. It really is. So according to Stewart in his 1952 news story, these people were the most scared people I've ever seen. I have no idea what he sounds like. Probably not like me. Stewart himself marched up the hill with a shotgun. He'd asked the oldest of the boys to lead him there. <laughs> don't worry. I'll take care of it. People don't make up that kind of story that quickly, he stated. However, when they got to the site, there was really nothing to see. However, the peculiar smell still hung in the air. You boys you boys been smoking those reefers again. <laughs> According to Barker's account, the next day, Mr. Stewart discovered skid marks in the field please don't go back there <laughs> about eight feet apart oh no said in the boys <laughs> there was an odd gummy deposit and flattened grass which ufo enthusiast groups took as evidence of a saucer landing 
Tony is going to take it in a completely different place. Oh, yeah. Now, this is interesting in a historically significant kind of way in the UFO world. Okay. Mrs. May received two really well-dressed visitors who claimed to be journalists and asked to see the site themselves. Oh, Lord. We know where this is going. She cautiously led them to the site where they carefully surveyed the scene. In the process, they managed to get oil all over themselves. They were very fascinated by the oil taking samples and whatnot. They came back the next day and revealed that they were actually officials from D.C. Can I help you, gentlemen? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm Special Agent Mannheim. This is Special Agent Black with the FBI. We'd like to talk to you about your visitor. They asked more questions about the oil. They asked her for her uniform from the day before, which had gotten oil on it and she hadn't washed it yet. They took samples and left. And a few weeks later, she gets a letter in the mail from, allegedly, the Pentagon, a photo of what looks very much like the monster, and an explanation, which claims that five experimental secret rockets were sent out and one crashed. The letter insisted on secrecy. She didn't say anything about it because she really didn't quite know what to believe. And by the way, this story is apparently the basis for what would become the Men in Black story. Oh, wow. Okay. So, That's yeah. kind of cool. Um, obviously, the story made the local news. Yeah. Then got picked up by national radio and big papers all over the country. And Andrew Smith, who now runs the Flatwoods Monster Museum... And the Braxton County Convention Visitors Bureau um, says Mrs. May and the National Guard kid, that's Lemon, (laughs) ended up going to New York to talk to CBS. The National Press Services rated the story number 11 for the year. Wow. A minister from Brooklyn came to question the May family. A Pittsburgh paper sent out a special reporter. UFO and Fortean writers like Gray Barker and... Ivan Sanderson, who's apparently a well-known ufologist. Okay, say that word again, Freudian? Fortian. Yeah, I thought you meant as in Freud, as in Sigmund. No, I believe that has something more to do with a particular um, publish, Uh, publishing. Let me try that again. Journal? (laughs) Apparently, many locals saw the meteor that night. Reports flooded in from other nearby towns, suggesting at least five UFOs are spotted. Or the same one in five places. I'm not sure. Uh, Who knows at this point. Right? I mean, this was the 50s. Yeah. According to former news editor Holt Byrne, newspaper stories were carried throughout the country, radio broadcasts were carried on large networks, and hundreds of phone calls were received from all parts of the country. So suddenly it's now like a national thing. Yeah. Now, if you listen to our cryptid catalog where we covered the Hopkinsville goblins, you might recognize that the creatures in this story look very much the same as the Flatwoods monster. In both incidents happened around the same time, early 1950s. Now, the Hopkinsville event involved dozens of smaller figures versus this one large creature, which apparently every time they told the story, it got taller. (laughs) Um, Size aside, the descriptions are similar. Um, The Hopkinsville story is a farm family. The Suttons were involved in an all-night gunfight with the aliens. Good lord. So look that up. Uh, (laughs) A few days later, the Suttons ended up having to leave to avoid gossip and ridicule. We should also note in a historical sense, Mm -hmm. that Americans in 1952 had a lot to be afraid of. 
They were anxious by being made anxious by atomic bombs made by mad scientists in the Cold War era. Red Scare top stuff. Even Life magazine, probably the most popular publication in the nation at the time, had just a few months earlier published a seemingly credible trend story about flying saucers. They sort of did their own Orson Welles thing. I was about to say, you remember this whole World of Worlds Orson Welles right? kind of panic thing going on, too. The May Brothers monster story hit just three years after the Soviet Union successfully tested an atomic bomb. The Air Force was scanning for bombers all over the skies, and Senator Joseph McCarthy, remember that joy-filled man, had spent the previous two years crafting the Red Scare, and the witch hunt for communists was in full swing. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd rather be dead than red. Like, I mean, yeah. Um, Yeah, some of my older, more conservative relatives uh, were definitely still in that mindset. Yeah, I I don't... Welcome to your government, people. (laughs) One writer who stoked the story a lot was Gray Barker, who I mentioned at the beginning. We've spoken of this man before. He was a Braxton County native who investigated the monster, that's capitalized, and then became one of the more prominent UFO myth makers. It was Barker who wrote about the Flatwoods. He also introduced the, um, the... mythology, if you will, of government men in black. Uh, mythos? Mythology? Yeah. I believe the word you're symbology. looking for is symbolism. What's the <laughs> symbolism here? After he heard about the Air Force DC investigators who had reportedly shown up in Flatwoods. I don't know if he really invented the concept of the men in black. I mean, well, you definitely a get a lot of people talking about it. It was a com- it was a comic in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, which like, became a, a fabulous it, movie. It was a, yeah, it was a DC comic. So Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah. But it was based on the idea that these guys really happen and there are people who will say whether it's aliens or some other kind of strange cryptid sighting that these sort of official looking guys show up give some sort of explanation and then kind of threaten people to don't talk about it so swamp gas is what you're saying absolutely there was no alien flash of light you saw in the sky was not a ufo swamp gas from a weather balloon was trapped in a thermal pocket and refracted the light from venus well wait wait a minute so you just flash that thing, it erases our memory, and you, you just make up a new one? A standard-issue neuralizer. And that weak-ass story is the best you can come up with. Now, Freddie and Ed are still alive, or were back in 2020, and in their 70s, and they still stand by their story. Now, at this point, they no longer talk to reporters. They've done plenty of interviews over the years. But they did appear in a semi-recent documentary about the Flatwoods Phantom, and in the video trailer teasing to that show, Freddie calmly looks into the camera. As far as for myself, he says, it doesn't matter to me whether people believe or don't believe. Officials in Flatwood erected a welcome sign which designated the home as Home of the Green Monster. The town also commemorates the legend in its annual Flatwood Days Festival. And so, the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Green Monster, a.k.a. the Phantom of the Flatwoods, who was reportedly 7 feet tall, or 10 feet tall, or 13 or 17 feet tall, became that rather peculiar American invention. So what you're saying is he's some huge friggin' guy. (laughs) A legend emblazoned on t-shirts. There is a Flatwoods Monster Museum located in the town of Sutton the Braxton County seat, which is dedicated to this particular legend. 
The Braxton County Convention and Visitors Bureau also built a series of five really big chairs in the shape of the monster to serve as landmarks and visitor attractions. The Bureau rewards visitors who photograph all five chairs with free Braxy stickers. Okay, to be clear, I don't know if they meant free stickers with Braxy on them or free Braxy, like like Free Willy or Free Britney. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's free. Aliens sitting around going, My name's Gleork, assholes! (laughs) (laughs) Now, John Gibson was a teen at the time and knew the boys who are now 70 involved. He's an insurance agent now and in his 80s. Wow. But he sold over a thousand of his 12-inch tall ceramic green monster figurines in just the last two years at $30 a piece. Wow. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny, says Gibson. I don't believe in Santa. And I don't really believe in the Flatwoods monster. But I do want to boost our community. I mean... There's believing and then there's believing. Yeah. (laughs) The legend of the Flatwoods monster has also inspired media beyond West Virginia. Um... (laughs) <laughs> References are in Fallout 76. That's funny. I was just playing Fallout 76 today. And everybody's Golf 4. I don't know what that is. Uh, but you know Fallout, right? Yeah. I was pl- Like I said, I was playing 76 today when I was trying not to freeze to death. <laughs> the creature was the subject of a 2018 documentary, The Flatwoods Monster, Legacy of Fear, um, which is an indie production company yeah. documenting unusual events throughout America. In television, the second episode of the 2019 History Channel series Project Blue Book, titled The Flatwoods Monster, because it's very original, is based on the Flatwoods incident. I know you're shocked. I mean, I assumed it wouldn't be based on, like, Flatwood Mac. (laughs) God, that made me laugh. (laughs) Okay, well, you've squandered another little slice of your life to us, my dear spooky friends. But then maybe that was your resolution for 2024. Yes. To culturally enrich yourself in the creepiest way possible. I can think of other creepy ways of doing that. Do I want to know? No, oh, we can go to Ostuary. Those that's, are in France. <laughs> that's still pretty creepy culture. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's Europe, so they have more culture than I, we do. I, 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 I so want to go to the Ostuaries there. The catacombs. Oh, yep. Yeah. So, if you'd like to enrich ourselves, yep. please visit our Patreon. Yep. But you're also welcome to engage in fanciful conversation on our Facebook page. Yeah, speaking of Patreon, you know, thanking Justin, Scott, and Judy for helping Yay. us out. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get more than three. Yeah. But we appreciate the three we, we have. We do. Join us next week for whatever bit of strangeness we have to offer then. At this moment, we don't know what that'll be. I have an idea, and I really want to run with it. We have several ideas, and we have a big list. I just don't know which one we'll do next yeah. week. Yeah, we'll get there. Well, don't worry. Okay. I just, I, I, I just, I so want to quote Alec Guinness right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, contain yourself, sir. Yes. I'm contain cont- your disturbances of the forest. I shall contain the calamity that is my memories. Right. Yes. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony, who doesn't really have memories, but, you know. Memories. And we are Southern Southern Fred Spooky. Spooky. I'm beginning to regret this choice, (laughs) y'all. Until next week. Bye, Bye, y'all. I don't know. (laughs) There's so many things in this story that I'm like, oh... 
Oh, I must censor myself for the children. Remember the children! I think any children that are listening to this are getting an interesting education. <laughs> With us in charge? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>